Welcome to the Tub Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Donovan Place. I'm joined here by my co-hosts, always, Ben and Colin. Boys, for most people this week, it was Fantasy Football uh, Championship Week. And uh, did any of you guys end up participating in that this year? I did. I not did. in our league, but I did. I did. Well, that's, that's good news, but more specific, more specifically our league. I know Colin's done really well in our league. How did you fare off in the playoffs this year, Colin? I don't, I don't even remember who I lost to. I think it was. I, th- I think we previewed Colin's matchup, actually, on our last episode we recorded. If I Oh, that's correctly. right. Yeah. We did, we did go matchup by matchup in that. That, that one on paper looked like it was going to be a good one. Yeah, it did. Um, And my team got hot right for the playoffs. But then massive drop off. I don't think any of my players played well that week. Um, Kamara, I think, had five points. Um, Deontay Johnson had his worst game of the season. Uh, Edwards Alaire had his weekly like 10 points. It, it was set up for disaster. And Brady got shut what out could for go the second wrong, time in his career. What could go wrong did go wrong. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I beat you. Uh, and then I went on to play the number one seed, DJ who I also um, defeated. Absolutely and then smoked. It was a, yes. And then it was a, uh, a rematch of the 2019 championship of uh, me and front of the program, Ali. Ali got the best of me the first time. And I got the best of him this, this year. And boy, it was, uh, it was up and down. I was expecting to be down. After the one o'clock slate on Sunday, because he had five players, and I only had like three players playing, but I was up, which had me surprised. And then that four o'clock slate gameplay, where I had guys such as Debo, I had Ezekiel Elliott, I had Zach Ertz, guys that have done well for me throughout the playoffs. And of course, Rashard Penny and Amon Ross St. Brown, the GOAT, um, just absolutely killed me in the four o'clock slate. And I, I was, thought it was over for this you. One, this one I did too. Incredible. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch it. I watched that game start to finish because the afternoon slate kind of sucked. Yeah. And I was between that and the Dallas, Arizona. I watched so much of that Lions, Tim Boyle versus Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. What was the final score? Like 51, 29. How is that not? It, it was out? insane. How is it I not? I don't know. Gummy? That Did was it insane. Said it happened. The powers of score Gami. 2008 was the only other time that score happened. There is no reason either that anyone should have been watching this game if not for fantasy purposes. It's a Seattle game. The Lions, Jared Goff isn't even playing. And yet, what looked like after the one o'clock games heading for Blowout City for Donovan ended up completely changing because Amon Ross St. Brown and Elijah Penny. Championship 2021, or I guess 2020, whatever year we in now. I don't know what it is. Anyway, <laughs> 22, Ben. Yes, happy, thank you. Happy 22. Um, they they became legends on Sunday, combining the two of them. Uh, we had them both on a team combi- combining for near 70 points. So that yep. that completely flipped that game on its head. Thankfully, you had a an Aaron Rodgers going up against a. Uh, I, I guess depleted Vikings defense. Chris Boyd guarding Devonta Adams was never going to work, yes. and that uh, that definitely helped you. Uh, flip yes. So I think my biggest call of the season was who to start at flex, 
and it was tough because I had multiple options. I usually started Tony Pollard throughout the year. Um, I occasionally started A.J. Dillon. Um, I had guys like Gabriel Davis, Kendrick Bourne that I definitely put some thought into potentially putting there. And then if Darren Waller was healthy, uh, which he was not for me the entire playoffs, my second round pick on my head, um, I I probably would have started him at flex, but uh, I ended up going with AJ Dillon just because I thought I knew it was going to be in the cold, um, and I thought I thought they were going to run the ball a lot more. Honestly, I thought if they got up, especially against a backup quarterback, they were just going to run it backup, which they did. It just so happened towards the end of the game when they were up by so much, they ran it with their uh, third uh, string running back. Dylan got a lot of the carries on uh, on Sunday night, and uh, he was able to score twice, which really helped me. Aaron Rodgers threw for a touchdown. Is, that helped. Is Dylan RB1 in Green Bay now? He might. I don't know what they're going to do. It, it, it's all going to revolve around Aaron Rodgers, if he stays or if he goes. Um, Devontae Adams uh, is eligible for the franchise tag, so I'm assuming regardless oh. if – he stays. Um, they're going to use that on him. But then they have Dylan, who I think I very easily could be um, RB one. Now this will. I mean, this will be a discussion for another day, um, probably after we the Packers lose in a heartbreaking fashion in the NFC Championship to Tom Brady. But I think, yeah, to a depleted Bucks offense now. But I feel like Aaron, and I can't speak for him personally, obviously, but I feel like he's in a good place right now. And I think, I mean, he looks to be mentally in a good place. He looks to be happy. Um, And the season's gone super smoothly for him. And just having Devontae Adams there makes his life so much easier. So I don't know. Aaron looks happy out there slinging the ball. He hasn't uh, declined one bit. And he's probably going to go in another MVP. So I don't see any reason for him to hang up the cleats yet. Oh, yeah. I agree. Um, but I I was able to get up by a lot. I think I was up by 22. And I needed Nick Chubb on Monday night to not get 22 points. And I was a little nervous because Nick Chubb is a very good running back. And with that kind of numbers, all you need is, you know, a couple – like a hundred yard rushing game, a touchdown, and maybe a couple uh, catches, and he's and he, like right on the borderline. He got that, that last week too, pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And I was I was nervous, but thank God the Steelers found a way to not even stop the run. The Browns just really didn't even run it that much. It was it was a very weird night. Um, first of all, the Browns' offense was very rarely across midfield or in the red zone. I mean, at one point in the second quarter, Baker only had one completion out of 10 or 11 pass attempts. So first of all, his, his fantasy value was stifled by the fact they couldn't even get into a, a chance for him to score six points or four points for a touchdown. And then when they did, at least one comes off the top of my head, they were first and goal at the one and ran play action and threw a touchdown to the tight end. So that, I mean, that was really the one chance because I was late in the fourth quarter. So if there was going to be any chance for Chubb to get to that 22-24 number, he was going to need a touchdown there and then come back on the, their game-winning drive attempt and score again. But the, both of those things did not happen. And for a guy that in limited opportunities, you saw him kind of find some holes. I mean, I don't know his final stat line, 
but I know he, he it wasn't necessarily that he had an off night. He just didn't get the workload. So, I mean, perfect timing if you were playing him, bad timing if you needed him to put up big numbers. It was just a really, really weird game. I don't know. Um, maybe the fact that Cleveland had nothing to play for and Stefanski wanted to give Baker a chance to go out and win a game by himself. Maybe. Um, I'm certainly not suggesting that, but that's just one thing that popped into my mind because sometimes coaches will change things up and throw new situations when they got nothing to play for. But regardless, it was a very weirdly called game. Um, if you just look at the stat lines, I mean, Baker's was disgustingly bad and Ben had 46 pass attempts, for like 120 yards. So it, it, was a disgusting game, but I am very, very happy um, that the the Baker Mayfield game winning drive attempt didn't even get one first down, so we could see one more Ben knee. And I really wish they had granted that timeout so they got to properly take Ben off the field. But regardless, it was still a pretty cool moment. I mean, yeah. guys, we're all in agreement, right? I mean, Baker his his time in Cleveland is it's up. Yes, they're they're gonna it's, look to make a significant bad. upgrade this off. I think I think they're gonna give him the fifth year option. I really do because. Because what better give, option do they have right now? Well, yes, they don't have a better option. It's not really a great quarterback class, and they don't really have enough draft capital to go out and trade for any better option. Um, I think they'll give Baker the benefit of the doubt. He has been hurt this year. I don't think Baker's this bad, um, but I also don't think he's the option at quarterback for this Cleveland team. It was a very weird year in the NFC or sorry, AFC North. And I I still think they're gonna roll with Baker. I still think the Browns will be able to compete next year, assuming everyone's healthy and um back. But it's just I don't think Baker between a team that can make the playoffs and a team that can win a Super Bowl. Right. I mean, that- and think of think about it back to last year. Baker Mayfield, at this point last year, we were debating. Um, especially going into Pittsburgh and winning a playoff game. Yes, it had a lot to do with the defense in that game, but we were debating is uh, Baker Mayfield going to be a top 10 quarterback this year? Because if he played good, I think you could have made the argument. This year, he obviously didn't. But if next year he goes ahead, has another good season, maybe he makes a Pro Bowl, maybe he's on that edge of being a Pro Bowl quarterback, then you got ask the question, is he a top 10? Is he a top 15? Somewhere in that area. And I think if Baker puts up the numbers he had in 2020, I think you can make that argument. It's just it's just so tough. Um, I, I try to give Baker some benefit of the doubt because they have dealt with a ton of COVID issues. He's been in and out of the lineup. One game he missed COVID, other because of the shoulder injury. Um, trying to battle through that, especially as a quarterback, where so much of your mechanics. As a guy that came into the league with um, one of his biggest strengths that propelled him to that top number one pick conversation was his accuracy. He was going to put the ball in the money, and he did that at Oklahoma, and that's what led him to a Heisman Trophy. But just this season, that accuracy has not been there, and I just told, I truly believe it has something to do with that shoulder injury affecting his mechanics because it just – when you have accuracy, I don't think it just goes away that quickly. Obviously, I'm not a quarterback. I, I don't study quarterbacks in the film take very often. But just from what I've seen in the few games of Baker Mayfield I've watched this year, it's just what I have to believe at this point. And I would 
I think they're going to try to make an upgraded quarterback this offseason, but if they don't, I'd love to see Cleveland go out and get another receiver like a Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State in the draft or another potential receiver early on because there are some good ones at the top end this this year in April. So, I mean, not that Jarvis Landry is a very good receiver and they got some tight ends. Hooper is a good red zone threat and Joku can run after the catch, but they, they really need another weapon on that offense. I know you were going to point to the fact that they had Odell but I, I think a young guy in this draft would really would really kind of get them back on the map in terms of the offensive standpoint because the defense is certainly there. So it would not surprise me if they at least try to get something done with Baker this offseason, whether to move him and upgrade. But if they don't, I think they'll continue to try and upgrade around him instead and see if they can't get it back closer to that 2020 form than, than what we saw last night and for the last multiple weeks. Yeah, I think I listened to part of my take this last week. And shout out, shout out those guys at part of my take. Um, they made the funny point in that, which looking at it, I kind of agree on, um, is that would the Browns be better off having a guy like Kirk Cousins because he doesn't take that many risks. He, he's always the guy you can rely on to throw the ball whenever he needs to and would the Vikings be better off having a quarterback like Baker where he's willing to gamble a little more having those outside threats like a Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen I can certainly argue that the Browns would be better with Kirk I mean there's no doubt in my mind we've seen Kirk succeed in that Stefanski system and win a playoff game in that Stefanski system I mean that Browns roster, if it stays intact and were to add a guy like Kirk, would be better than that Vikings 2019 team that won that 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 Saints playoff game against a 13 and three team in New Orleans. And I I can especially against a team that we don't know what's going to happen to the Steelers next year. The the Cincinnati Bengals they could continue to rise or they could take a step back. Same thing with the Ravens. We don't know how they're going to rebound from all those injuries next year. If they were to get an upgrade like Kirk, I think you could easily put them up there as a team that could contend for the division. And could win one or multiple playoff games because with if with the weapons they have on that offense and potentially adding another one and then add Kirk as well to go along with that defense, there is zero doubt in my mind. I know there's all the narrative that Kirk can't win a Super Bowl in Minnesota and that he's been gift, gifted this great team and has let everyone down. He's had a bottom five defense in Minnesota two out of his four years in Minnesota, and it has been nowhere near the defense it was before Kirk got there. I'm not trying to be a complete Kirk apologist because he has laid eggs in some big games, but this would be by far the best team he's played on in his career, and it would most likely be the best coaching staff as well. So I think it would be a significant upgrade for Cleveland. For the Vikings, it would just be a total reclamation project, and I would have to believe they would it, – it's, it's such a tough situation. I think the Vikings were to do it if they could get an out with Baker if he doesn't succeed in one year. And then they they would need yeah, that we've capital seen, as well. We've seen that. I mean, the 49ers, they made a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. The Rams made a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Sometimes you need a guy that is good enough and a guy that – I mean, because their run game is fantastic. They went healthy. They're probably the best offensive line in football. They got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's probably the best running back duo. So – I mean, when you have that strong of a run game, you have a defense that's also good enough and can 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 be good enough when you got those guys on the field. Uh, Miles Garrett, I mean, he's probably going to win Depoy. You got an elite corner in Denzel Ward. You got good safety, solid linebackers, and I mean, he would 
whoever their quarterback is would have good weapons too. So you just got to be good enough. You can't be careless with the football. And I mean, they have, they definitely have a super high ceiling. So for their sake, I hope that they do find that guy. I do as well, because it was, it was, that was a very fun team to root for down the stretch of 2020 and then into that Steelers and chiefs playoff game where they were potentially a turnover on that fourth down play or another drive away from knocking off the, the reigning Super Bowl champions at the time. All right, let's move on from fantasy football as much as I would like to quote and brag about it um, and move on to, um, I guess we'll give kind of a short recap of what happened this week because a lot happened this week. And uh, then we can kind of talk about the NFL playoffs and how everything's looking going into week 18 for the first time. Um, I will admit that I – did not agree with it when they first um, changed the 16-game season into a 17-game season. But I'm now a fan of it because it means more football, and I love more football. You love more football. I do love more football. It's the same argument I make for uh, keeping the bowl games in college football. We love more football. More football means more football. More, there's nothing bad about it. Um, and the seven-team – I mean, the seven-team playoffs was a terrific idea by the NFL. We've seen more competitive games, and I don't remember where it's been this competitive for this deep into the season um, as a year – as this year. So, it's been phenomenal. I mean, the AFC North was a four-team race up until, like, now. I mean, yeah. that – before last week, we – we had no idea who's going to win it. So it's been terrific. And it's, and it's still what three out of four of those teams in the division are still in a playoff run. I mean, it, it depends on a, on a Jaguars upside win against the Colts, but it's week 18 and the Bengals, the Bengals are going to the playoffs and the Steelers and Ravens still, albeit a long shot, have a, have a potential chance to get into the playoffs, which it's, it's pretty incredible how I, I mean, at one point, I believe going into week 16 or 17, there were 20, 24 teams still in the playoff race, which is absolutely incredible. Now, I don't want to give Roger Goodell credit, but we got to give Roger Goodell a tad bit of credit for this one. Nope, nope, no credit. Clearly wasn't his decision because this no. was a good decision. No, it couldn't have been. Um, but I will say this about our quick recap of week 18. We have to address the Antonio Brown situation because holy shit, what the hell just happened? I, I remember. I didn't think just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I didn't think it was real. I, I got, I, I was watching reds. Okay. So we had the Raiders game going on, which we'll talk about, but that T Y Hilton, uh, magical touchdown that yes. they got yes. on the 50 yard. Wentz threw up a ball for in triple coverage, and all our guys tipped in there at once, and it landed right in T.Y. Hilton's arms. So I went upstairs, you know, I was pouting, went to my room, and I was like, I'm done with football. I can't. Five minutes later, I pull out the red zone on my phone because, you know, I can't resist. And I see Antonio Brown just running around on the field, like hyping the crowd up with the shirt off. So I, I thought he got ejected or something. Um, turns out the dude literally just stripped naked and left the field mid mid game. Although the teams were still on the field. Yes. I mean, I don't the play make, clock was on the play clock was on. It was in the third quarter, I believe. 
and they were down 14 points to the Jets. Honestly, if I was down 14 points to the Jets, I probably would have did something similar. It was incredible because um, – so we were at B-dubs, and obviously they got every single game on there. Um, that that Bears-Giants incredible, whatever you want to call that, sadly on the big screen because we live in Illinois. But regardless, um, I kind of look over – I don't remember what game I was watching, but I look over on the Jets-Buccaneers game as he's dancing the ends on I just – have no clue what's going on. We started to see it have more details. And, like, since we're watching it happen live, I immediately started going and refreshing Twitter to see if someone can give me some context as right. to how we got to this point. And then as the next 20, 30 minutes continue on, every single Fox or CBS game breaks, you know how they do the game breaks in oh, between yes. plays, everyone was Antonio Brown. So every, every couple of seconds, a different TV would be showing the same Antonio Brown clip as their game break, not a scoring play. It could have been uh, uh, the, the Ravens and Rams, uh, Matt Stafford, another interception or a Raiders and Colts touchdown. No, it's Antonio Brown dancing in the end zone on every different TV in Buffalo Wild Wings periodically for 30 to 45 minutes. And um, I'm sorry, but Bruce Arians had to have seen this coming. I know he was in denial and, you know, he thought they had a healthy relationship. But the way that things ended with the Steelers and the Raiders and just everything that has transpired in the past, what is it now, three-ish years? I mean, oh, you had God. you could not have thought that this could have ended well. And, yeah, and, I and mean, it's still not potentially over. He's still technically a Buccaneer. He has not been released yet. This is true. This is true. I, I I do think he will get released. Even if he doesn't get released, I just don't think he's going to – like, he's not showing up to practice. He's still in Brooklyn, um, which I don't know if you guys caught that. Also, on that same part of my take episode, they interviewed um, the guy who picked up Antonio Brown from the stadium, and that was – it was a hilarious interview. Apparently, uh, the guy that picked him up is like – he works for the agency or like he's the friend of Antonio Brown's agent. So whenever he, Antonio Brown's in New York, he's Antonio Brown's like personal driver, something like that. So he picked up Antonio Brown and they were just shooting the shit in the car. ride. And I don't want to give away what they were talking about, but it was a very hilarious interview. Yeah. Cause we were seriously getting, considered check it out. We were getting pictures of Antonio Brown uh, in street clothes, you know, checking his phone on the side of the street, waiting for his ride while Tom Brady was leading his fourth quarter comeback. Yes. That was wild. And I got to feel for Tom a little bit. I mean, I know he has a great team around him still, but I mean, he, the, Antonio has kind of became his guy. He's always had his guy. He's almost become his Edelman or Wes Welker in a way. Yeah. And then the fake Vax card thing comes out and he has to get benched for a while. So Tom's without his guy. And then this happens. So now Tom's about to go into the playoffs next week without his guy and without Chris Godwin as well. So I do feel for the guy a little bit. I mean, the fact that all that happened at once, and I truly believe when Brady said after the game that he didn't know, I truly believe that Brady didn't know because I guarantee you that he was just so locked in. He's like, whatever 10 of the guys in the huddle are with me are going to go out and win this game. And I, I, he probably 
like realistically did not know who that was. I there's some quarterbacks and you can kind of tell like with Brady, I legitimately believe that he was so locked in on erasing that 14 point deficit, which he, by the way, went down and did. Um, I want to talk about that game a little bit because the Jets are up 24 20 late in the fourth quarter in the red zone. So there's, there's just over two minutes left. They get a first down game is over or they can kick a field goal and go up seven and leave Brady two minutes to go down and tie the game at best. But no, Robert Sala, which I totally give him credit for. I totally love this call. Wants to win, end it right there. But the play call, I don't know if anyone saw it, was disgusting. So bad. They, they ran there a QB is... sneak on fourth and two. And a long fourth, fourth and, and two. Fourth and two and a half. Yes, it was if a you long can, fourth and two. If you can pick up two and a half yards on a QB sneak, the NFL and football would not be fun because teams yep. would run that every single play. There is no chance in hell that should have worked. I mean, if you if you can pick up two and a half on a QB sneak, you run it four straight times, you've got a first down every time. I mean, but it was exactly. so bad that the other team wouldn't expect it. Uh, when was the Still. last time you remember a QB sneak coming on longer than fourth and one, or even third and one? <laughs> exactly. And, <that's, laughs> and I love Robert Sala. I think he's a oh, so great coming at coach. But what the what the hell are you doing? Yes, I I loved the call to go for it. If you would run a halfback dive and say my offensive line is going to be your defensive line, okay, I respect it. You're hyping your guys up. Or if you want to do play action or roll off Zach Wilson to either hit someone in the flat or run and go get it, would have loved the call. But just to pull that out, especially I, with Zach Wilson is not the biggest QB out there. Don't get that. I said it as soon as I saw the play. If you're the Jets, how do you call that play and not give the ball to your best player, Braxton Berrios? Yeah, you gotta let your best. Player, you gotta let your best player make the play. And it's it's funny because Braxton Berrios is a is a funny name, but he truly was not only their best player today. He's been their best player, you could argue, all season. They're just in love with Austin Walter at running back. Exactly. But oh, and by know. the way, Zach Wilson. Uh, I mean, we. I mean, he hasn't been impressive by any means, but I think he's definitely improved as the season went on. Yes. Coming back from injury after Mike White went down and all that, um, he was definitely better and. He only, I don't think he had a turnover in his last maybe four or five games. So I'll give him credit for that. Um, in a year where every rookie quarterback had their struggles, um, he definitely turned it around. He is, he is quietly starting to figure out. I'll give him major props. I think if you looked at Mac Jones, is obviously the most pro ready quarterback, but I would have argued too that uh, Trevor Lawrence and even Justin Fields to a degree were probably also more pro-ready than Zach Wilson was coming out of BYU. I mean, but if you look at his, his last couple of games, he hasn't thrown an interception since December 5th against uh, Philadelphia. So he's really started to kind of pick it up. He's added some rushing touchdowns and rushing ability to his game over the last couple of weeks as well. So the touchdown numbers aren't eye-popping. He's still got an 8-11 to touchdown interception ratio. But, I mean, if you just go and look at the stats that I've got pulled up right now, I mean, four, eight, nine of those 11 interceptions came in his first five games. So drastic improvement. And isn't it wild that all last year we were like, Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Jets and it's going to be tough for him to make a career out of that. But it ended up being him landing in the worst spot in the worst organization. 
I think the Jets would have actually been a lot better for Trevor than Jacksonville has been, especially with the whole Urban Meyer thing that just went down. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, Robert Sala is going to be a really good coach. And if they can slowly build that roster, I mean, they have picks again this year, thanks to that Jamal Adams trade, which is actually going to work out phenomenally well for them. Um, they're they're going to start to figure it out here in these next couple of years. They're not going to be a contender for another two to three years, but they could slowly, I mean, I don't know how many wins they have this year with what, three or four. We could, I, I would not be shocked if they get close to six or seven next year. I, I don't know their schedule, but they could slowly start to uptick a little because they've been in some games. Obviously, they were in this one. I get there a couple others off the top of my head where they were in it down to the end and didn't pull it off. So, I mean, I, I yeah. think they'll start to get it a little bit more. All right, let's move on to the next game. Let's keep it in the NFC, and we'll talk a little Ravens and uh, Rams, where uh, obviously Matt Stafford did not look impressive in the first half. He did look a lot better in the second half, especially down the stretch. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he went 14 for 14 down the stretch. I honestly oh. couldn't tell you because I did not see a lot of this game. Um, it was just one, we, it has happened to all of us when you go to Buffalo Wings on a Sunday. There's just one game that gets put on on one TV in the complete opposite side of the restaurant. I know you know what I'm talking about. And oh, this, yes. this, corner TV. this was that game for me, which is weird because it was like a pretty marquee matchup between a, a Ravens team that's normally very interesting to watch and a Rams team that's fighting for their division win. So I didn't see a lot except when a horrible Matt Stafford interception would pop up on a TV. So he, he without a doubt, I want to give him props because he was much better in that second half and was the reason why they won that game, especially late when he the touchdown to give them the lead but oh yeah three out of the last four quarters for Matt Stafford against two inferior non-playoff teams has looked absolutely atrocious and at his peak there's no doubt that he can lead the Rams to Super Bowl this year but if he plays anywhere near this they are not coming close to sniffing a win in a Lambeau or even Tampa Bay if they have to face Tom Brady depending on how the seating works out so he is gonna have yeah, to but play that much talent closer. Yeah. That talent on that team, that their ceiling is still sky high. It's as high as yes. any other team in the league for sure um, with the talent that they have. And with the way that, I mean, even after losing Robert Woods, the way Odell's worked out for them, he has, I mean, he's had to have one of the most touchdowns in the league since he's been signed, which is incredible to think about. He's had one like about every single game. Uh, and Cooper Cup's, I mean, can we give can we give Cooper Cup a round of applause? That man. You're had... telling me. You're telling me. Oh, I know. Talk about talk about GM move of the year. All right, I'm gonna go back to talking a little fantasy football here. Ezekiel Elliott, my first round pick, was solid throughout the year, but probably shouldn't have been fourth overall, um, especially no. passing on guys like a Devonte Adams. But regardless. He got four points for me in the championship game, most important game. Um, not good. Darren Waller, my second-round pick. I reached on him. I knew I reached on him. I just wanted a good tight end. He, outside of a handful of games, was not good, and he was hurt kind of all year. Really disappointing. Third-round pick, Allen Robinson. Could make a case the most disappointing player in all of fantasy football this year. Could oh, make yeah. the case. He has been. I mean, if you take, and take injuries was, out. Oh, yeah. And it was all saved for my fourth-round pick, Cooper Cup. Obviously, a couple of years down the road, got Aaron Rodgers, got Debo. But, man. 
Because where did he I, was it was it third or fifth all time in receiving yards in the season? I mean, that's incredible. Well, season's not over. Yeah. I, I, okay, but through the through the sixteen games that ever I thought it was I thought it was second. I could be wrong. I don't know. He's up there though. He's not gonna he's not gonna break Megatron unless he just has a Jamar Chase esque week next week, which I don't think he will. Um, I think the Rams are. They haven't locked up the division yet, have they? Because Arizona no, won. They can lock it up this week. Arizona plays. Uh, they C- play Seattle. Seattle, and then Rams face. I mean, 49ers. Arizona could back their way into it because, for whatever reason, uh, McVay gets absolutely owned by Shanahan every time they play. And this is San Francisco okay. team that is fighting for their playoff lives. We'll get they to are you. desperate, but will they have Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, and that's. If 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 Lance plays like he did the second half against a bad Houston defense, they have a chance. But Lance at times in that game looked very much not ready to play. So it's that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I don't think he's ready. And in this with this leverage, um, with this high stakes, I I'm not trusting him. Um, he's obviously not the guy you want out there. It's kind of similar with Baltimore. I think Tyler Huntley is super talented, and I think he's going to be a very good quarterback. But obviously, I mean, he just wasn't up for it these last few weeks. Um, but, yeah, I it would really suck to see the 49ers miss the playoffs as a neutral fan. I would – I think everyone would much rather see them in over the New Orleans Saints led by CTE monkey Taysom Hill. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. I – so who's not eliminated for that wild card spot in the NFC? It is down the to the 49ers and the Saints. It's just those two. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I would much rather have the 49ers in. I think the 49ers are still like I I would put San Francisco in a dark horse category. I, I don't think even they think can like, win a playoff game. But if they win a playoff game, I don't see it as like that much of an upset the way that they've been playing in the second half mm-hmm. of the year. It's really weird though, because this this same team lost, had a horrible second half against the Titans a couple weeks ago, and then lost in Seattle a couple weeks before that. But then sandwiched in between is absolute demolishing of Falcons, Jaguars. They beat Minnesota by a touchdown, and then they beat Houston this week. So, and that's just been the story of the season with so many teams. It just yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Um, especially, especially my Raiders losing to like Washington and the Bears and the Giants, and then beating like every single wild card team. I don't understand how the Raiders got here, but they're here somehow, and we'll get to that as well. Yeah, um, it, I yeah, it's so the Eagles clinched, which I actually like to see because um, they run the hell out of the ball and they do it really well, and. Even though I'm not the biggest Jalen Hurts believer, I really like watching him play. And I think they have a real shot. Um, not a lot of people do, but I think they have a real shot to upset, upset somebody in the first round. Here's here's the thing with the Eagles. The Eagles have eight or nine wins, and they are against absolutely nobody. I mean, their most impressive yes. win is probably the Saints. But here's the thing with the Eagles. Their schedule was so front-loaded, top-heavy, that – they didn't really find their identity until the middle of the season yeah. that obviously I don't know. And you will, will have a better picture when they face the big boys like Dallas this week, 
who, who will have something to play for and then a playoff game following week. I, I do kind of think if they had this similar type of offense earlier in the season, they could have even more wins because this was a team that did not want to run the football early on. I mean, I remember that Dallas game in week three where Miles Sanders had three carries at halftime or whatever it was. They didn't figure out that they were a run play defense team until week seven or eight. So if you remember early on in the season when they started two and six, whatever it was, they had very close losses to Tampa Bay on a Thursday night game. The Chargers were took a game-winning field goal. There were some other losses. They lost the 49ers at home by, I believe, a touchdown. So I think this is a team that once they found their identity, they they realized how good this they can be. I don't think we should fault them for taking advantage of that against bad teams because if, if it was the other way around and they had realized this identity earlier – I do think they could have ended up winning some of those games early on in the season. Maybe they steal one against the Chargers or somehow the Buccaneers at home. And if they if they get a lead in a playoff game, there's no doubt that I think that they could find a way to win it. I don't think they have any real chance to come from behind in a playoff game. But if they could get a lead, there is a formula there. No, but I mean, teams that can run the ball in December and January, win the line of scrimmage, they can compete with anybody. They can beat anybody. They keep the score low and they, they drain the clock, and they have the ball for the majority of the game. I mean, they they have a real shot to go beat um, a Tampa Bay or maybe an L.A. Agreed. I just – me personally, I don't see it. I, I think what we'll do next week once we get all the, uh, all the playoff teams set in stone, I think we'll power rank them. But if I was to power rank it right now, the Eagles obviously being in, I would – I would probably put Philly dead last in my power rankings. I yeah, if the I just Niners make it, I'd probably agree with you. Not only just the NFC, I think all playoffs overall. I I and that's assuming the Chargers beat the Raiders, which we'll get to. Here's the thing, though. I think when the 49ers are on top of their game, they're a much better football team than the Eagles. But at the same point, when they play like they did in the second half of that Tennessee game and in other certain games I've watched this year, I think the Eagles could run away with a victory against them. I feel like the Eagles, at least these past eight weeks, I know exactly what I'm getting with them, a run the ball, play defense. The 49ers, it could either be a team that goes up and plays toe-to-toe with Tampa Bay and Tom Brady or is in a close battle with a four-win Seahawks team. And yeah, I, yeah. I think there's a, a much larger range of like consistency so that was the bengals the red hot bengals i was there last yeah. oh yeah home against san fran yeah I no, san fran deserves some credit for some really big wins this year they obviously beat the rams when the rams um we were worried about them and then they had the win against Cincy a couple weeks ago and then they've, they've just taken care of business at home since so they deserve a lot of credit for those wins but also i think when they're at their lowest this is a team that like could be looking at missing the playoffs come week 18. Yeah. And, and how about Arizona that just went and I mean, what happened in that game? I thought Dallas, uh, that was one that they were going to win at home. They were like a touchdown favorites and Arizona who has been struggling with injuries. And I mean, they've lost a lot of their last, I mean, I don't know exactly, but I think they've lost like three, of their last four. And then they go in and they win in Jerry world and Kyler looked pretty good. Kyler yeah. just refuses to lose at Jerry world. He's like eight. No, yeah. since high school. Yeah, no, Kyler's Kyler's been looking really good, but 
I'm going to give you one of those honest opinions. I think both these Cowboys and Cardinals teams are frauds. I'm assuming this will be the 4-5 matchup. I think that's yeah, what a lot of people have it. And it'll be a rematch right there. And I think obviously one of those teams has got to win, but I don't think I don't think either one of those teams are going to win two playoff games. They're just too inconsistent. Yeah. Um, Dallas will look like the best team in the league, and then they'll lose to the Raiders on Thanksgiving. They'll lose to the Cardinals at home. Um, they have lost to good teams this year. And, I mean, they're, this defense, Micah Parsons is everywhere. He's disrupting everything. And, I mean, you still have all that talent offensively. But it's sometimes they just cannot run the ball. And sometimes Amari Cooper just can't get open. And it, it gets out of hand. And I don't necessarily trust them to come back. Let's say they're at Lambeau. I do trust them when they're down 10 to come back and win that football game. I don't. It, I know. It, I don't right now. But the thing is, there's so much talent there. I feel like if they were to be able to flip a switch, then they could. But they haven't given – the one the one image I have that they can turn it on was against a horrible Washington team because outside of that, they've been struggling yeah. on offense recently. So probably not. But if – that offense, man, in the first, like, six weeks was so, so good. It's just been so long since then, so. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the AFC. Um, Cincinnati Bengals, congratulations. They they uh, they outdid my expectations. I had the Bengals as a, like, three-win team, I think. next. I think next week we'll also go over and compare what our preseason picks were. Um, because I had all the records and everything, and I still have that saved on my computer. Yeah, I have mine as well. Um, so we'll go over that, but I do remember having the Bengals as like a max like four-win team. And, and I also uh, had them at like five or six. Yeah, so, I mean, credit to them. Joe Burrow, I think you can make the case, is it, it has just entered elite status at quarterback. Yeah, so what he's done the last two games um, – I was thinking about it, and uh, I, if I was to do my top five quarterbacks right now, if I had to pick a guy right now to win me a game, not caring about the future, just right now, I would go Aaron Rodgers one, Tom Brady two, Mahomes three, Josh Allen four, and I think I would go Joe Burrow five. I honestly think I would. This year, I mean – Burrow had or the Herbert had the better rookie year. Burrow has had the better second year, and you th- you compare those two, you can throw Lamar in there as well. I think I would put Burrow at that five spot. That's interesting, and I that's actually something I thought about randomly today earlier. Is like long term, do I want a Joe Burrow? Or do I want Justin Herbert? Um, and they're both so they both seem to be so good in the big moments. Yes, I know Justin Herbert has a great um, track record on prime time, um, and Burrow may, maybe hasn't had as many opportunities yet. But my God, second year quarterbacks, and they both are that terrific. Um, they're both fearless, and you're right. Burrow is as hot as anyone in the NFL right now. I mean, how many yards does he have the past two weeks? Almost a thousand. It's yeah, it's absolutely insane. That when you, when you had to have it, home game against Baltimore, home game against Kansas City. Man, did he just turn it on. 
he's turned it on. And that Jamar Chase connection is incredible. He had he probably had more yards than the Chiefs did last week. He, he had, had more yards than Mahomes had yard. passing yards. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. He had like 300 yards, almost four touchdowns. He, he stepped out of bounds in that in that last one. Yeah. And, I mean, we we were not big Zach Taylor believers. That's his name, yeah? Yep. Zach Taylor. Yeah. But how do we feel about him now? I, I roll with it, man. Yep. They've, they've figured out a system. Um, they can play defense on occasion, but, man, are they going to attack your secondary. And if they can't stop you, they'll just outscore you. No, and I yes. think they're going to break the Marvin Lewis curse this year. I hope so. Oh, I hope so too. Unless it's against the Raiders, I don't hope so. Which is a very <laughs> possible matchup right now. Uh, let's talk a little at or AFC South. We got the Titans. Uh, looks like they're going to get the number one seed, and are they going to get Derrick Henry back soon? Yeah, I believe the last report was that they were going to have discussions on it uh, very, very soon. But if they lock up that bye this week, man, is that huge because that's. They got to come to Tennessee, and not that Tennessee is the biggest home atmosphere ever, but it saves Tennessee from having to go to a a Foxborough potentially or a Kansas City Arrowhead or a Buffalo, depending on who wins the AFC East. It saves saves that for them, number one, and another week of rest to potentially bring back Derrick Henry. That's even the biggest thing because um, obviously just what I read today was that they were going to have discussions on bringing back, but a couple weeks prior it was – that he could return as soon as this coming week if needed. But now if you're going to potentially not play him this week and then not have to play him the following week and give him even more time to rest and then get a fresh Derrick Henry in a division round playoff game in Tennessee, that is very, very scary for a team that I thought two weeks ago was trending downward to a potential first round exit. They are saying, guys, that um, they're expecting, as of today, they're expecting him to practice Wednesday, which would be, tomorrow for us probably today when you're listening to this yeah so take that as you will i mean that's exciting news for the nfl i wouldn't play him this week but no no, i god no but i mean it's incredible that they've like you said that they've been able to maintain this one seed um throughout all that because that's that's what the titans are they're derrick henry they're that run game and they let the rest play through that Ryan Tannehill isn't exceptional in any in any way. And A.J. Brown's been hurt. And Julio Jones, I mean, we don't know what's going on with him. He's, he's played less than 10 games this year. So it's, it is phenomenal that they've been able to do that. And all they got to do is go in and beat Davis Mills. Yep. Mills Mafia. I do love Davis Mills. Oh, yes. He's, I mean, has he been the best rookie quarterback this year? I mean, Mac Jones, I think, still hasn't beat. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I should have well, said Mac Jones. I, I, I'll make the case for uh, Davis Mills. Davis Please Mills don't is an eight. No, he's number two. I, I meant to say, because um, I think Mac Jones is kind of the obvious pick right yeah. now. Well, okay. Mac Jones has won big games. He's going to the playoffs. I'll give him credit for that. But you give – look at what Davis Mills is. Davis Mills is playing in Houston. Bad situation. I yeah. can't. Gun to my head, I can't tell you who their head coach is. David Coley, I think. It is, is David it? Coley. David Coley. He was like a last minute high. I mean, they he was they were the last on the picking order because they were the gun worst to my gun to my head. Couldn't tell you who. 
Their number one receiver, Randy Cooks, not bad. Outside of that, I couldn't tell you another receiver they have. Their defense isn't great, and they lost Phil Lindsay at running back, and now they're starting, what, Rex Burkhead in 2022 at running back? I'm not. He, he's not surrounded by a lot of things, and he has multiple 300-yard passing games this year. And that's three, pretty good. 312 on the Patriots defense and 310 on the Rams defense. I, that's, that's not nothing. Yeah. Sure, he probably has thrown a decent amount of picks. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you think of uh, Mac Jones's, I guess, biggest wins, and it came where they were kind of just pounding the run. 13 touchdowns and 10 picks for Davis Mills. And that's including a zero touchdown and four interception performance against that, that Bill's like horrible weather game. Yes. So I know I've seen a couple people do this like big time, like sports talk people where if you, if you want to kind of take out, like look at a quarterback, a lot of times this is done for like quarterbacks of course of their career, take out his best season, take out his worst season, and then kind of gives you what you have this. If you take out, Davis Mills' best game where it's the three touchdowns, no picks against New England, and take out his worst, the zero touchdowns, four picks. Then you're left with 10 touchdowns and six picks overall on the season, which is not bad comparative to how horrible the stat lines have been for all the rookie, other rookie QBs. So, and you know what's funny is, like, um, he kind of he, he kind of went under the weather last season, last season in college. And when he got picked, a lot of people were like, who? Like, they never heard of this guy. It's funny because if he would have stayed another year at Stanford and had continued to progress, he could have been um, in the discussion this year for like the top quarterback taken. So it's possible that Houston could have ended up with him this year, just higher up, like for maybe first round. So I think that's yeah. fun. So I think, yeah, I think looking back on it, it was a good pick. They got good value and he's earned himself a starting job next year. Oh, easily. But that was my that's my Davis Mills argument. I'm a I'm a Mills Mafia guy. But don't give up on a Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. I mean, no, those... no, 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 no. I'm not saying he's going to be the best quarterback in the draft. I'm saying this year alone, I think he was the best rookie quarterback. It's it's an interesting debate. It's a very interesting debate. I think Mac Jones really looks the part, and I know it was against Jacksonville, but he really looked good this past Sunday. Um, We'll just have to see. I mean, we always knew that Mac Jones was going to be the most pro-ready, and he's certainly shown that so far this season. But I will be very interesting to see what happens come come playoff time. If that yes. same – because you saw what, what happened once they got behind to, to the Colts and, and to the Bills as well. It, it wasn't pretty in those two games. It was under 60% completion percentage and two touchdowns and four picks across those. So it's out – out of the last four games, three out of the last four have been pretty ugly – I know that's including a, a snow weather storm game in Buffalo, but regardless, if Mac Jones were to, were to turn it back on here, rolling into the playoffs, that would impress me a lot. Yep. All right, let's move on to the Colts Raiders game and uh, kind of an interesting game. If I be honest with you, I didn't know the Raiders were still in it. Um, so good for them. Um, the Colts on the other hand, kind of a stinker big, Big kind of letdown. I think they, a lot of the, teams had them as kind of a sleeper going into the playoffs with how well they were playing. Yeah, but uh, uh I guess a letdown here with the Raiders. The Colts they may just, have uh, just been better off if Carson Wentz just missed this game. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he was terrible. They yeah. just won games um, at home against New England and then at Arizona, and they both they won both of them very convincingly. So I was very nervous for this game, um, especially because the Raiders just beat, you know, kind of a beaten up Browns and Broncos team. But they went in and they – if you take out that, that miracle T.Y. Hilton touchdown, the Raiders dominated them. I mean, it, it, it wasn't even really close. Wentz would have had under, under 100 passing yards if you take out that touchdown. Uh, and he – I mean, he threw up a lot of balls that should have been picked. He ended up with zero picks. And he just continued to make decisions that you don't really see in the box score, you don't really see on the stat sheet, that were just dumb. Um, I mean, just multiple times, him about to get sacked and dragged down. He's just fling, flinging the ball across the field um, and putting it in harm's way. I'm still not a Carson Wentz believer, not at all. Um, he was a big reason why they lost this game. But the Raiders' defense also just – I mean, they've been playing great the past few weeks, so I got to give them credit. Uh, also, Derek Carr was, wasn't terrific, but he made the play when it matters most. Um, like He's done all of his career. I know you guys have seen it probably multiple times now that that little floater up to Hunter Renfro on third and 10 game on the line. That was terrific. And that car to Renfro connection has been incredible in the second half of the season. Yes. Agreed. It's, it's blown my mind. I knew Hunter Renfro was good, especially when I saw him playing at, uh, Clemson with Deshaun Watson. Um, but I didn't think he would be this good in the NFL. No, no one like I think he's gonna be a guy fantasy wise, I think you're gonna be able to take and say that's a good pick in like the first three rounds of next year's drafts. He's gonna get a lot of catches. It I mean it also depends on if they go and maybe draft another receiver, like maybe James yeah. Williams or something. And he, but it's and they're going to have Waller back, so he's going to yeah. take some targets. But, I mean, they – it's been so impressive. No Darren Waller the past few weeks uh, and just all the distractions this season with the the John Gruden and the Henry Ruggs. And, I mean, it's it's crazy to me what they've been able to do. Um, and I still am not a rich Passaccia. I love the guy, but, I mean, I don't think he's a good coach. I also don't love Greg Olson as a play caller. Yet they've still managed to be nine and seven right now, have a ton of good wins, and are in a winner go home situation. It's a playoff game next Sunday night in Allegiant, and I cannot be more excited. That'll be a fun game. I do think the Chargers will win by a lot. Um, but oh my God. I, see, I, I don't understand the thinking though. Because I mean, the way thinking continued to go against these playoff teams and su- just surprise them. Well, technically, are the Chargers a playoff team? I don't think they're in the playoffs right now. Okay, playoff caliber teams. The Chargers are in the playoff spot right now, but they get knocked out. There is oh, okay. a scenario. You're going to love this. Oh, I, I did see. Yes. I know what you're going to say. This is fantastic. <laughs> I, I want this to happen. Yes, I do too. Yeah. It's the tie scenario. Yes. Where they both get in if – the Steelers lose to who is it? The Ravens, I think they're playing. The Ravens, yes. Who might have Tyler Huntley at quarterback? Big Ben's last regular season game, we think. We think. Uh, 
And then we got the Colts, if they were to lose to Jacksonville. And they haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. No, they haven't. Because if you remember last year, it was the week one matchup in Jacksonville. It was their only win of the season. They yeah. beat the Colts. So yes. <laughs> there could be some magic there. Shout out Philip Rivers. And if the Raiders and Chargers ended this fantastic regular season, um, I mean, every primetime game has been so good. So many of them have been phenomenal. If they ended it with a tie on Sunday night football, they'd both get into the playoffs, which would just be the funniest scenario ever. And I'm, I know you'll be rooting for it. Oh, I love chaos. That would be so fun. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. Let's go play some January football. (laughs) I'll tell you what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for a Raiders at Buffalo first-round playoff matchup. I don't know exactly what would need to happen for this to happen, but I think that would be – It's pretty much whatever needs to get the – you guys need to get the five seed, right? Or you guys need to get the three seed somehow. So that we would have to win and uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati would. would have to lose to Cleveland. Which is, I mean, who's starting Case Keenum probably? I'd still it, probably go Baker. Baker uh, said they're going to yeah. evaluate this week, especially if he's hurt. Okay. I mean, there's there's yeah, really no true. reason to play him. Nick Mullins? Yeah, it could give, be Nick Mullins. I mean, he, was, he wasn't terrible in he, that. He almost mm-hmm. deserved to win that football game against yeah. the Raiders. Yeah. It's the Raiders. Raiders. Um <laughs> too chaotic for me this year. <laughs> too much. It's it's too much. Um we can talk about the Bills here for a little bit. Um Buffalo didn't look great. Josh Allen didn't look good. He threw three picks, three picks within four passes. Um definitely not great, especially against an Atlanta defense. Ugh, but they kind of got the run game going a little in the second half. Devin Singletary looked pretty good. Um, defense was solid. Um, kind of benefited from a Kyle Pitts injury early on. But it, it was a bad weather game, and I think we all kind of knew Buffalo is not built for bad weather. So kind of good. They're not kinda, kinda built for their own game. climate. Exactly, which is scaring me. But we got the Jets next week. I'm taking it one game at a time. I simply don't understand why they're um, they are building a new stadium potentially in the future, and they don't plan to build a roof. Uh, uh, Buffalo fans love the elements. Are you kidding no, me? They had I, some I get great, that. No, just... They had some great crowd shots of fans. I'm talking like the the fat guys wearing no shirts and they're like holding babies in one hand and like they got a bunch of paint on their face and chest paint on their face and yet they're somehow holding four beers in the other hand it's it's blowing it's blowing my mind it sounds about uh, right i love buffalo fans but uh yeah those on I think, the field yes 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 classic but uh <laughs> but not great for buffalo um, real quick with New England, uh, I, good for them. They they let out some anger on losing to the Bills. Um, poor, 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 poor. They let it out on um, poor Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Poor, poor Trevor. 
Derek Ugunbowale, though, scored a touchdown late. So I know someone else out there like me was starting him in a fantasy playoff game. Quan Shredwell has been popping off to end the season. I love that. I hope – obviously, they're going to make an upgrade at offensive and some sort of weapon. I mean, they are going to get DJ Chark back from injury, and they still have Marvin Jones, I believe, for a couple more years. But I would love to see him stick and have another solid season because, I mean – He's not like he's putting up great 100 yards game, but I he's consistently been their leading receiver for the last couple oh, yeah. of weeks. So the the talent is there. Just can he figure it out? And can can he be like other former Viking when they left Cordell Patterson? I mean, 410 yards, and I'm sure a very limited capacity isn't terrible, especially when Treadwell's won over 50 yards in each of the last five games and at 87 last week. So I will I will always have love for for former Viking. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, and then I think that we already talked Raiders Chargers. I think that's going to sum up uh, kind of the NFL playoff picture. Just real quick, who do you guys think is going to be representing um, the remaining playoff spots? I think I already made it clear on how I think it's going to be um, the Chargers and the 49ers. I think – so here's – for, so we got a couple spots left open. I think the Colts grab one. They, they get that one in Jacksonville yes. and solidify it. Too. And then it comes down to Chargers Raiders, which I think will be a really good game. I said earlier this week, both Carr and Herbert, I have throwing three-plus touchdowns, and this will kind of be a back-and-forth shootout. Um, I don't really think it was that close in their first meeting way back in week three or four, whenever that was. Um, but I'm, I'm going to take the Chargers in a close one here. Um, I, I can see this one going either way, but I'm taking the Chargers in a close one. I really like Brandon Staley. So that's going to round it out for me for the AFC. NFC, I think I think McVay finally gets Shanahan and the Rams from that division. And as much of it sucks, the Saints have a, have a, a closeout game against the Falcons. And it's I, I don't think Saints have any chance in a road playoff game round one. But just because of the way things shake out this week, it sucks for San Fran, but I think they're going to lose that spot to the to the uh, to the Saints. I'm going yeah. with the two picks I had at the beginning of the season because I got to stick with them, and I also believe that's going to happen. I had the Raiders and 49ers in as the seven seeds, and I'm going to stick with it. I think the Raiders have proved people wrong um, throughout the second half of this season um, against some good teams. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Darren Waller's back. He has a great history against the Chargers. I think he's going to play well. Hunter Renfro, who's going to stop him? This is not a very good Chargers defense. I expect the Raiders to be able to run the ball. This could be the shootout that we're all hoping for. Um, But I also think the Raiders defense has been playing well enough to um, limit the Chargers a little bit. I'm just worried because Justin Herbert, like I mentioned earlier, has been so good in big games. He's been so good on primetime this year. Uh, It does scare me, but I'm going with the Raiders. Allegiant's going to be rocking. There's not going to be Chargers fans because Chargers fans don't exist. And the Raiders, in probably the biggest Raiders game I'm going to watch throughout my whole lifetime so far, I got the Raiders winning it. I hope so. I really do. Yeah, and I got the Niners make – I think the Niners – I still want to know if Jimmy – I need to know the status on Jimmy Garoppolo um, before I make this pick, but I'm going to say that he's going to play. And I think so I think, too. 
I think they go and beat the Rams because I think they're going to be hungrier than the Rams. This is a desperate football team. And I mean, they hungry beat, dog runs faster. They do. And they beat them. They beat down on the LA Rams back in November. Um, I think they're going to win this one as well. I'm sorry, New Orleans Saints. It just wasn't your year. I could also say um, the Falcons with nothing to play for could go and beat them at home. Matt Ryan and uh, I, if Kyle Pitts, I know he left the game injured. If Kyle Pitts comes back, he's had a terrific second half of the year too. I, I want to say I think that's how it happens. I think the 49ers are going <laughs> to win, but I don't think the Saints are going to win either. Uh, I, I don't trust Taysom at quarterback. Uh, you could throw any of their carousel. They could put in Drew Brees out of NBC in at quarterback, and I still don't think they would win. I don't either. I, I, I mean, we've been chitting on Atlanta. I don't think they're a terrible team. And it's a shame that they haven't had Calvin Ridley this whole year because of his off-the-field um, problems or whatever's going on. But Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, Matt Ryan, sign me up for a Falcons win. Even if the Niners lose, I think the Falcons are going to win. So the Niners are going to get in. We're going to get our wish. Yes, yes. All right, I think that's going to wrap up NFL Top. Before we end this episode, I think we should talk a little recap on the college football playoffs. And let's start. It won't have to be too long because there's obviously not much to talk about. It doesn't need to be because those games suck. They suck. Yes, but yeah, yet again, they did suck. But they the championship suck. should be and awesome. Championship should be awesome. Um, we still have a. When does when's that game? Monday. It is Monday. Yep, it is Monday okay. in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. Okay. So I personally, I I I just I love to see Alabama fail. I want to see chaos. Therefore, I'm going to put my money on Georgia. I know they didn't look great on them in the first game, but I'm going to be honest. I This has nothing to do with what is happening on the field. I'm betting it just in spite of uh, Georgia or in, in spite of Alabama, and I don't see that changing. In spite of the devil himself, Nick Saban. Last yes. time I checked, it was Alabama plus two and a half, and I am taking that and sprinting with it to uh, another Alabama national championship. So I saw tough. Georgia. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You said Bama plus two and a half. Yeah, that's at least that's what I meant to say. Okay, I, yeah, I think that's yeah. that's no, what I, it was when I checked. It, that was, I think, when it opened. So if it stays anywhere near that, I'm I am running with that. And it started off uh, a little higher than that, didn't it? So Felicia. people are people are betting Alabama. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Georgia here. I think they finally, the Braves, I think broke the whole state of Georgia curse. Yes. I think, I, I think Georgia sports have been cursed for a while now. And I think the Atlanta Braves just defied all odds, broke the curse. So I think Georgia is going to win this one. I think, uh, I know our friend DJ was shitting on Kirby smart. I think he's an elite head coach. I think he's the second best head coach in the SEC. And I think he's a top five coach in the country. His defense, Dan Lanning's defense, who's now coach of the Oregon Ducks, is terrific. They're hungry. I think they're going to cause problems for Alabama. 
I mean, what happened last time is they just weren't able to get pressure and Bama kind of exposed their secondary, which isn't that strong. I think George is going to be able to get to the quarterback. Um, and I don't think Bama is going to be able to run the ball that well on him. But yeah, because I made the mistake last year, I'm taking the over in this one. I took the mm. under. You guys called me crazy for taking the under in Bama, Ohio State. I made that mistake. I'm always going over now in college national championships. This one's 51 and a half. I'm taking the over. Yeah, I'm taking the over. over, over I would over, I would not be over. shocked if that over hits in the first half, but I can't just... wait to see Stetson Bennett raising the trophy. Yes, agreed, agreed. But I have to ask this before we wrap this up. Who would win Cincinnati, Michigan? Oh, I think that's tough. Um because they both have very different play styles. I honestly thought Cincinnati would have kept it closer against Alabama because I thought it was as good of a matchup as you could get for a group of five. Yeah. But um, I, I I was kind of expecting I, – I know I was kind of hyping up Cincinnati all week just because I wanted them to win. Um, but Alabama, I still think, should have – just absolutely dominated that game. And, I mean, theoretically, halfway through the fourth quarter, if Cincinnati can put together one touchdown drive, they're within a score. I don't think that's necessarily Alabama dominating them. And that's kind of why I'm also going no. Georgia. Yeah, I mean, because they... Alabama didn't necessarily dominate Cincinnati the way Georgia dominated Michigan. Sauce Sauce Gardner is a really good quarterback, hopefully a future Viking. And what he did, not that they were throwing the ball all day long because they could just run it at will, but him as a corner matched up on Jamison Williams, I held him to believe two catches, was just showed me another reason why this dude is going to be really good in the NFL. And yes. as, for a, as a fan of a team that needs secondary help, man, would he be sick to, to head up to U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, and that the corner aside from him, Kobe Bryant. Yes, he, he also the, had a great game. He won the award this season for best cornerback or best secondary player in the country. And he he switched his number to eight for that game for Kobe. I mean, when yeah, you do that, you awesome got to show that. out. If you don't show out and do that, yeah, man, you're you're gonna look bad. But he he in a losing effort, which obviously Kobe would say it doesn't matter if you don't win the game. But still, he had a fantastic game. That secondary. The defense kind of gave him a shot. You can say the final number of the score. The defense played well enough to give Cincinnati a shot. That offense for Cincinnati just couldn't move it well well enough or close out drives. I agree. And, I mean, Cincinnati, though, like, I Alabama obviously is the more talent, but Cincinnati does have a lot of NFL players on that roster. Um, Even on the offense with their skill position players, I think uh, that one receiver, I can't remember his name. I think he's going to be in the league. Jerome Ford, their running back, I think he just declared he's going to be in the NFL. And Desmond Ritter could also be maybe a day-two pick um, in the draft. Yeah, I think think Desmond Ritter will be like a good career backup. I really do. Yeah, oh, yeah, I could certainly see it. But uh, to answer your question, Donovan, I'd probably take Michigan to beat Cincinnati. Um, no, I'm taking I'm taking Cincinnati. I the thing is, I would have to probably as much as I don't like Michigan. I don't think they're very good. Um, 
I would have to take Michigan because I think Hassan Haskins would run all over Cincinnati after what I saw what Georgia did. Yeah, that's kind of my main reason. I think fair. I think Michigan. If Cincinnati's defense run defense is as bad as it was against Bama, and Michigan plays anywhere near as good as it was against Ohio State on the ground, then I think they would run away with it against Cincy. That's fair. Um, I think is that everything. I'm pretty sure that's everything. Yeah, and also I want to say that uh, this bowl season has been pretty great. There's been a lot of great bowl yes. games aside from those. Uh, two college football playoff games. The Rose Bowl was incredible. Maybe electric. game of the year. Uh, just electric all over the field. Um, Utah had the sweet helmets with the rose in them. That was – I U- thought they were going to win for sure when I saw those. Utah has had excellent helmets all year long. I don't know if you saw – I believe it was for the Oregon game. I'm not sure. When they had, like, the Navy ship or whatever it was yeah. painted on there. I didn't get it before the game, but then once I saw him and knew what it meant, that was sick. Whoever is working there. I mean, we always talk about Oregon, how they're the pioneers for the cool jerseys and helmets. Utah has really upped their game this year, which who, who would have yeah. thought? And that was the best receiving – I mean, the best single receiver game I've seen in college football. I mean, Devontae Smith, when his final collegiate game in that national championship – he only played the first half, and he was just out of this world. Yeah. But Jay Jackson Smith and the Jigba, that was the most dominant receiver performance I've seen in college. And he shattered the Rose Bowl record of, like, 215-ish yards. He had 347 yeah. off 15 catches for three touchdowns. He Insane. That's he is a guy that has been overshadowed by Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Two all pro receivers are gonna go first round in this year's draft. I think but he's better than them. I'm gonna say really over these last six weeks, he has probably elevated his way past them. And then the two of them weren't playing, so he's finally gonna get a shot to face number one guys. They Utah knew they were gonna throw it to him and they still couldn't cover him. He was that fantastic. I'm telling you right now. Ohio State, once again, will put up fantastic numbers because the duo of Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. has a very real chance to be the best duo in the nation next year. Yeah, and I think Stroud's going to open up as the Heisman favorite. Yeah. And, I mean, that's I so. I mean, awesome to watch. The, the Stroud has been – to see him develop, it's come in as a freshman. I know – I mean, the, the thing that excites me so much about Stroud is – he wants to be a pocket passer, even though he's an athletic guy, he wants to be a pocket passer. And that's kind of different than the Ohio state mold of quarterback. So I'm yeah. really excited to see him develop. I hope that when he, if he continues on the path that he's on, I hope his draft stock doesn't get hurt by the narrative of Ohio state quarterbacks, not being able to make it in the NFL. I mean, cause that has been true so far, but, uh, Stroud has a chance to be a completely different mold of quarterback than all of the previous ones, even different than Justin Fields because Fields does have more of the running game to him than Stroud does. But man, does Stroud throw a pretty ball. And there were some routes along the sidelines where he could put it in one place and he found a way to do it. That was, that was sweet. That was, that was fun to watch. It's also a shame that none of our schools were able to win a bowl game this season. Uh I don't really have much to say about that Mizzou Army game other than the fact that I am very excited to add a Luther Burden 
top wide receiver recruit to a Mizzou offense that does not really have a receiving threat. So uh, next to, year towards the future. Bowling Green, I'm calling it now. I'm calling my shot. Babe Ruth calling a shot. Bowling Green next year will win the first ever Barstool Arizona Bowl. And I'll be in attendance. And I'll be there. Dude, what a shame that that game got canceled. That would have. It been is awesome. a damn shame. Big Cat would have come out skydiving. <laughs> I know. Skydiving. would have sang the national anthem too. Yeah. Oh my God. I can't wait till I'm there next year. Oh, watching Bowling Green win a football game. But all right, that's gonna be it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. Remember to like, share, subscribe, five stars, leave a comment, follow us on Twitter. Tell everyone you know. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.